Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts from sunny Southern California. Let's get after it. Daniel Jeremiah is waiting. I don't want to keep him waiting any longer. Big story of the day is Carson Wentz was traded again. You're like, again? Again? Back into the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. Um, no first-round picks. A couple third-rounders. And the Commanders... It's their plan C, D, E, whatever. But they have themselves a starting quarterback and a guy who wasn't terrible last year, obviously finished poorly. On the other hand, you know, the coach who believed him the most and saw him see his greatest success as a player in Philadelphia decided enough was enough. I right, get to get to Daniel Jeremiah in a second. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers Sportsbook is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, you know, I actually want to start with the Calvin Ridley thing, uh, DJ, because <laughs> both of us played collegiate sports, right? You were at App State. I was at uh, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. And I re- I'll never forget when they had the FBI come in my freshman year and my sophomore year, my junior year, and my senior year, and explain the dangers in a simple little wager on sports. Everyone knows you can't bet on sports. And I find it almost embarrassing how many people in our profession are like, you know, NFL's in bed with gambling. Yeah, gambling is real. It's part of what has made the NFL so successful. Even more, that's even more reason that players can't bet on their sport. Am, am Am I off on this one? I'm with you 10,000%. I mean, how many how many times did you pass by those signs in the locker room and in the hallway about, you know, uh, you're not it's a no-go. Like it's the gambling signs in every locker room and probably every college and in every professional sports locker room that I've ever stepped into, you've got a gambling sign up in there. Um so you're reminded of it on a daily basis and it is possible to as a league collect money and revenue from that world, which, by the way, makes its way to the players in the form of the salary cap expanding, um, while also acknowledging that that for competitive reasons, for obvious competitive reasons and integrity reasons, you can never have anybody involved with the team uh, gambling on games. Like, that's just – it can't happen. So I I don't really find the logic of, well, the league's making money on it, so the players should be able to do it. Like, What? What are you talking about? Like that, first of all, the league's making money, which therefore makes its way to the players as well. The revenue pie grows, the salary cap grows, the players see some of that money, but under no circumstances can the integrity of the game uh, kind of come into balance here because you've got guys wagering on games. Like that's just common sense. I feel like he'll be used as an example and rightfully so. Do you think he plays in the NFL again? I do. I know, you know, look, it could be who knows how long the. Uh, the suspension will be, but I, I do think that they're, and you know, it came out with a year um, to start with here, and we'll see where it goes. But I think that's a pretty strong deterrent, especially when you look at the, the money that what was it like eleven million bucks it could end yeah. up costing them. So um, that should be a pretty strong deterrent to the rest of the league. But I, I, you know, look, it's a really really poor decision on his part. I hope that uh, that he gets a chance to play again. I know 
there's other things he's been dealing with and battling, but man, he's a great player. He's a, he's young. He's got you know plenty of, of years ahead of him. Hopefully, um, he works his way back into the good graces with the league and, and gets to continue his career at some point in time. Let's 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 get to the the Packers. And you told us everyone in the league has told you Aaron's coming back. Um, okay, which 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 he does. I do feel like Green Bay did everything in their power to keep him. But now, are, is that going to be a two or a three year deal? Like it feels like it'll be a four year deal, but what will it really be? A two or a three year deal? Yeah, you know, I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Um, I, I would imagine you're probably looking at a, a two year would be my guess, and kind of they can revisit things, and he's going to get a what? I'm out, I, I guess the numbers, nothing's been confirmed on that front. I know they've denied it, so. I don't even want to speculate on what the numbers would look like, but I would imagine two years, and that is going to be an enormous amount of guaranteed money. Um, you know, maybe it gets you to that third year with some guarantees left over in that one, but um, I'm sure they've created some wiggle room at the end of this thing so they can amortize it out and lower the cap number. So, you got to play some of that math. But I, I mean, I'm curious to see what Green Bay does now because they have a, a little bit of a dilemma here, Doug. And we talked about it in the in the postseason last year is that they've. They have a very quarterback passing game centric uh, setup there, and they get into the postseason. They run through their division, which they're going to continue to do, and uh, their reward for running through the division and winning 12, 13 games every year is that they get to play in terrible weather that doesn't suit them. So they're going to have to do something in this off season to to uh, you know to kind of get more of a physical identity, and that could be in the form of uh, you know get more physical along the offensive line, or even just getting bigger physical receivers to kind of complement Devontae Adams and uh, and find a way to win once they get in the, in the weather they're going to play in. It's a, it's a team that doesn't necessarily fit their environment. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, your immediate reaction to the Russell Wilson trade. I thought it was fascinating. You know, I, I, I like it from the Broncos standpoint, and some people I know say, well, how, how well is he going to fit, and this, that, and the other. Look, He's still he's still a top tier quarterback, and this is a team that's pretty stacked. Even after what they gave up, they have plenty of talent there, uh, you know, ready to roll. I think it's a good push. I think Russell still has four or five good years left. So to me, I don't know that you can overpay for a you know a top shelf quarterback. Let's say top top eight. Let's just be conservative and say top eight quarterback. You get five years of top eight quarterback play. Um, that wasn't too much to give up. Now there's a lot of a lot of chatter amongst my friends in the league, and the expectation is that that Seattle's going to, you know, try and get in on Deshaun Watson. We'll see if that happens. If Seattle is able to use these picks and somehow, you know, everything were to clear up from a legal standpoint with Deshaun Watson, I can make a strong case that they got younger and better at the position. So that that is, uh, you know, their their final chapter on how they came out of this thing is yet to be written. Do you think they took? they took the best offer or do you think they, they wanted him out of the NFC? Well, I, I'm sure they wanted him out of the NFC, but it's going to come down to who Russell was going to be okay with. You know, it sounded like that wasn't Washington was not, he was not going to check that one off. So when you have a no trade clause, he had a lot of power in this, in this uh, process. And it sounds like he kind of wanted Denver, uh, which, you know, as we've mentioned, there's a lot of talent there that makes sense. So um, I, I think Seattle was in a pretty tough spot there. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, okay, you're in that division. I've talked to other people in that division, and obviously makes the Broncos much much better. But um, does it make them 
better than the Chargers? Does it make them better than the Chiefs? Does it make them better than the Raiders? That's a really competitive division. Again, and we're still not yet to free agency. We're not yet to the draft. How do you think it looks as of now? I think that you can put them up uh, with with anybody in that division right now. I do, and and seeing this team and seeing this defense now, we'll see. It's new. It's a new staff. They're going to be under new direction um, on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Vic Fangio, for whatever people thought of him as a head coach, his his uh, uh, you know his reputation as a defensive coordinator is well deserved. But that was a top five defense last year. They've got an opportunity in free agency to go add to that group. Um, and then offensively, you know, they've got firepower. They've got talent on the outside. They've got a, a decent offensive line, and now you've added a, a, a top-shelf quarterback, a major upgraded quarterback. Um, you know, Javante Williams is a stud. Like, they've got dudes, man. Like, that is a really, really talented team. So, I think, you know, when you look at that division, it's going to be the Thunderdome, man. It's going to be fun. Okay, Carson Wentz traded again. But as much as the whole world is down on Carson Wentz, I would point out, like, look, if they can just keep their starting quarterback healthy and they can get Chase Young back fully healthy in that division, like, I like him better than the Giants, even at quarterback as of now. I Look, Dave will work magic, but let, let's, let's see, right? Um, yeah. I, Philly loaded up on a bad schedule. I know they got all these picks. I'm just I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. I don't think they really are. I, I they convinced themselves that Jalen Hurts is is a dude. I think that's a mistake. I know they made the playoffs this year. I think Washington healthy is better. And then Dallas has a bunch of talent, but they're Dallas. What do you think of the Carson Wentz trade? Well, I think they, I, in my opinion, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder being jacked up is what led us to this to this move. I think they absolutely wanted a veteran, and when you took you know Aaron Rodgers out of the mix, when you took Russell Wilson, who they took a big swing at, you take him out of the mix, and then with Garoppolo's shoulder, you know, sidelining him, and that's you know, you can say he's going to be back and be healthy and 100. percent You don't mess around with your throwing shoulder, you know, like that's. You don't you don't make that trade and hope that he comes back to, to full health. So um, that took him out of the mix. So then their choice really was, you know, Trubisky, Mariota, or Carson Wentz. And so they made the decision to go with Carson, who did some good things last year. But man, I, Doug, I, I can't tell you enough, man. Like they're stressing enough with Frank Reich and the relationship that he had with Carson in one year, and he's like, nope, I'm good. That is a that is a major yes. concern for me. I, I would scare the crud out of me. Yes, if if Frank Reich if Frank Reich is done with Carson Wentz, then why would anybody else not be done with Carson? That, that's that's the one, right? That's yeah. That's, that's the that's one. That, the, that's the smoking gun for me. And you know, Frank Reich is you know in terms of just one of the best dudes ever. One of the, he's a great with quarterbacks. Um, you know, integrity's off the charts. And he he just said, nope, we're done. This ain't working. We're out. And, and he had he had kind of, as he mentioned in his words, put his neck on the line to to vouch for him to bring him in. And then he, he did not stand in the way and lobby for for that to continue. And they moved on. So that that's the one piece there that would really scare me if I was Washington. Dana Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's the quarterback class really look like in this draft? I think there's talent there, you know, and, and I think with the odds, 
that one and maybe two of these top six guys are going to end up being you know good players and solid starters. I think that's going to happen. But man, Doug, it is going to be determined on where they go and the fit that they have. And uh, and trying to figure out and sort those guys out of who that's going to be is very challenging. And I think that's why you've seen the majority of these teams just go the veteran route and say, hey, I know, you know, Carson Wentz has his flaws or, you know, I think you'll see it in free agency with Trubisky and Mariota, whatever flaws they have, but they're known. At least you know what you're getting. And uh, in the draft, I think there's just some – it's just – it's very, it's very unknown and very, uh, you know, it, it's very risky. So how, how much capital in terms of the draft do you want to put into one of these guys? I think teams have kind of shown their cards thus far. Yeah, I, I think that the whole world. Um, okay, we've already had, you mentioned Garoppolo with the shoulder, which means everybody is going to wait and see. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Um, what do you make of Kyler Murray, who he took down all this Arizona Cardinal stuff, then the coach and the general manager both get extensions. Now it's backup, but he wants a contract. Do you think he'll get a new contract just having completed his third year? I think, you know, from my understanding is that, um, you know, they, they would probably as an organization like to at least get to the summer, kind of get through this, this off season and then begin those discussions. He seems to be in more of a hurry to get those started ahead of that time frame. But at, at the end of the day, he has no leverage. I mean, you can say the baseball thing. They'll call his bluff on that. He's not going to do that. So it's really up to the Cardinals and, and how much, you know, how, how much more time they want to buy here before they make that investment. So he's not going anywhere. They're never going to be able to find an upgrade over him in the market if they weren't happy with him. And he's got no leverage to put their feet to the fire to get a deal that way. So yeah, I mean, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think he really wants to get the contract done now. They're trying to at least slow play it for the time being, and, you know, it, nothing's happening. I think it's a big bunch of nothing. Okay. Is there another quarterback we're not thinking of that'll be moved? Yeah, Sam Darnold. I'm curious to see what Indianapolis is going to do. I know a lot of people have just kind of assumed that, oh, that'll be the Jimmy Garoppolo spot. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if that was a Sam Darnold move or – um, you know, they try and poke around some of these other veterans because that Colts team is, they're ready to go, man. Like, I, I don't really see them going the rookie route. And I know some talk out there, well, they want to see what they have in Sam Ellinger. Like, I, I would think they would at least explore some of these other veteran options, you know, whoever that might be. But I know, you know, Jordan Love's been mentioned. Um, I, I think Sam Darnold's still hanging out there. We'll see what Carolina does. If Carolina's going to go after Deshaun Watson, then that. Um, that would make that a pretty easy decision for them in that in that regard. What happens with Lamar and his contract and the Ravens? <laughs> He's not in any hurry. Like I, I, that's that's one of the more bizarre, uh, you know, situations. I can't recall where a player didn't really want to engage at that position on one of these mega, mega extensions. And he just, you know, by the sounds of things, he's just, you know, kind of taking his time and, and, and slow playing it and hasn't really even engaged in the process. So I've got no, um, I, I've got no comp for that. Like, I've, there's nothing in history I can point to. I guess maybe Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins, they approached him with a contract in Washington back in the day, and they just they lowballed him, and he didn't sign it and took him all the way through the franchise tags and, and got his freedom. But as far as I know, what I've read, I, I don't think there's been any contract proposals that have been swapped either way. So weird. So weird. It's bizarre. 
especially because in terms of investment in what it's going to take Lamar to be great, the Ravens have done everything, right? Like, yeah. you know, the, the multiple tight ends and then Hollywood Brown and then Sammy Watkins and Ronnie Stanley. Look, Ronnie Stanley got hurt. Everybody got hurt last year, but they, they, they built the offense completely around him. Now, they want to re-sign him. It's just a um, one you have to have a conversation, and two, like, are you going to give him more money than Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes? I wouldn't. I know that tends to be what people do, um, but it is it's a weird one to me. Yeah, no, and I, again, I can understand why the Ravens probably wanted to, to to get involved in this discussion before some of these other deals came through, because you know, and and we've kind of talked about it before. Like, what's the number? Well, if you say Mahomes and uh, uh, Josh Allen were at like 43 or 45, wherever that wherever that number is, and you said, okay, well, we're not going to go to that number, but we'll come in, you know, high 30s, or maybe even you said short term, two to three years, and, and you get to the 40 number. And then at the time, as these contracts always are, you go, man, it's a lot, and I don't know, and there's risk. And then all of a sudden, the Aaron Rodgers deal comes, and all of a sudden, Russell Wilson deal is going to get redone. And these guys are going to all be in the low 50s. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there looking at that 40 number, and you're like, okay, we can we can work with that. That's how this stuff always happens. Do you remember when Kirk got, I think Kirk yeah. got, what, $22 million or something, and people lost their minds? Lost like, their minds. Wait, just wait, just wait a year, 18 months. That's going to be middle of the pack quarterback money. Like, that's, that's not a big deal. Hmm. DJ, great stuff, man. Hope you're uh, getting ready for that NFL draft and you're prepping and enjoying beautiful San Diego. Thanks for being our guest. Appreciate you, brother. See you, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so if you're just joining us, right, the all the movement is basically this, okay? Um, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to Denver yesterday. Bobby Wagner gets cut. So they're hitting refresh. It does feel like now there, there's a story out there about being, them being rumored in the mix for Deshaun Watson. And, and I think what you have to do is you have to figure kind of like what the Washington football team has done, only obviously different, which is you got to plan like, okay, if we can get Deshaun Watson and if we can't get Deshaun Watson, if we can what do you think the package buyer they put together? They move that first that they have for this year. They move the st- both, you know, their second and um, the Broncos second, right? And then they probably move a-, a third or two as well. Like that becomes what they have to do. This year's first, next year's first, and a couple seconds. Well, the Tex- the Texans had wanted those three first round picks, and the Seahawks do now have that uh they'd have the one this year the two next year and then uh theirs in 2024 if they didn't want to give up both of them for next year they would have the ability to do that um yeah and their second round picks as you mentioned they have actually um back-to-back picks now in that in that second round because of the uh the trade that they did there would be enough ammunition in making a deal like that i don't know how i don't know how smart that would be but you know, that's that's now that now that's the question. Okay, now okay. Remember, Deshaun has a no trade clause. Okay, so if he doesn't want to go, and uh, and and the the problem with when you said smart, and this is why I agree with, like, if they just trade all this pick for Deshaun Watson, how are they good enough anyway? Yes, 
And and remember, Deshaun Watson played at an MVP caliber uh, level in 2020, and his team was good enough to get four wins. And I think that's part of kind of what you're seeing. And, and the Seahawks' talent level at you know the wide receiver position, I think, would be more than what Deshaun Watson had during that season with Houston. If you have DK Metcalf and if you keep Tyler Lockett. But the question is, is where are you? And now if you've tried to reset your franchise, I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson isn't worth that if he's cleared everything. It's just the question of how good of a team are you and what sort of a reset is it really? You know, we talked yesterday about them being a, you know, are they a playoff team? Are they not a playoff team? They're probably not a playoff team in how we want to think about playoff teams and teams Mm -hmm. that can win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. But in the NFC with seven teams making it, I mean, the Eagles made it this past year. You know, the Bears made it the the year prior where we don't even know if they're really capable. And that's the territory that Seattle is hovering around. Yeah, I I think the question is, Here's the Deshaun. Like, would you take Deshaun Watson? Of course, you would take Deshaun Watson. Would you take Deshaun Watson if you have to get rid of all those picks? Like, because that becomes you know you get back to the you're just plugging holes. You, you substitute out Russell mm-hmm. Wilson for Deshaun Watson, and now and you've lost all of the, the those picks. So you're just all those other holes that you have in your roster, right? You, you've wanted to fix the offensive line forever. The, the you know the defense had to be re, re, you know renewed and refreshed, and you know you're gonna uh, like all of that becomes harder to do. Now you could do the the Patriots thing where you, know, you go through free agency. And that's how you kind of fill out your your roster because the the cap does go up and they can maneuver it. But free agency is very much hit or miss. Patriots are an example there. Um, But whereas if you don't bite the apple on Sean Watson or you offer a trade, but a much more reasonable trade amount, considering they are running a little bit out of options for him. You wonder if that's not the smarter long term play where painful in the short term to have a very average or a young quarterback, but again, more fruitful in the long term in that you use all of those picks. And I mean, you have to stick with those first round picks. You can trade out of that first round pick and just get seconds and thirds and load up and, and have a completely replenished roster so that a year from now, two years from a year from now, really you get the quarterback without having to extend all of that, those draft resources. Think about what that would say about the relationship, uh, in how it ended between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. That even even if Watson is cleared, there is still a stain on the reputation. Sorry, no pun intended. But there is, like there is, I mean, they would be willing, and it's not just a swap, but you brought up the point yesterday. Does Deshaun Watson work in a city like Seattle? And I think that that's a legitimate question. And then you say, Man, how bad was it between the Seahawks and Russell Wilson where this would have been a better option or the Seahawks would look to navigate down this road? I think that's another, you know, just a, more of a gossip sort of thing, but if that's where they're, you know, they're looking towards, I think it's an interesting commentary without saying anything on how bad the relationship got between the two sides. No question. No 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 question at all. But that that relationship was 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 pretty well done. Um, I think the NFC East is really interesting now, but th- there's that cautionary tale. And this is something I've tried to tell people for a long, long time, which is if you don't, if, if somebody who's seen you at your peak of success doesn't believe you to the level that they'll bring you with them, 
then it, it tells the rest of the league something's up. And it's also your greatest chance for finding a new home, right? Like I use the Colin Kaepernick thing all the time. People talk about Colin Kaepernick and why he didn't get a job. And the, the point was the guy who believed in him the most was Greg Roman and John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh. And so John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh obviously are brothers and Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator. He was going to go there. And that's when his girlfriend put out the meme of, of Django unchanged and kind of blew up that situation. But the point is you have to find your, your greatest likelihood of success or of another job is with somebody who believes in you. Now we talked about that with, uh, with, with head coaching with Eric B right? When the Balt when the Chicago bears hire, uh, their offense hire their general manager from the Kansas City Chiefs organization, and they have a young quarterback who he's not Pat Mahomes, but in terms of reputation, athleticism, talent, and what he what he did in college, like all those things, like the enemy would have been a reasonable solution. Obviously, Matt Nagy was a former Kansas City Chief coach, and that would have been hard for people to swallow. But if you really believe in Biennemi, so now we look at Carson, Carson Wentz, and it's the same thing. Like, I look at him like, man, that's great for Washington. They finally found a guy. If he can just stay healthy, they can't keep their quarterbacks healthy. Go back and look. I mean, it wasn't just that uh, Alex Smith broke his leg. It was also Colt McCoy got hurt, right? And this year it was Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick got hurt. So they can just keep him healthy. On the other hand, how bad does Carson Wentz have to be for Frank Reich to bail on him? If Frank Reich doesn't believe in Carson Wentz, none of us should. I would also just throw in, in your comparison to the NFC East, I think that's how you could have looked at the AFC South last year when they made the move. If if you if you think Dallas is the class of the division, we mentioned Philadelphia making the playoffs. So, you know, I don't think you're a huge believer in, in the Eagles. I think you can say the same thing when you're the Colts back then saying like, all right, we know we're not going to get any competition from the Texans and, Jag- and Jaguars. So we just need to be better than the Titans. That's, you know, like that's kind of their thing. And they thought that Wentz maybe would be not only could they rejuvenate him, that he could be enough for them to overtake Tennessee. They just need a decent play at the quarterback position. But when push came to shove in those last two games, because he wasn't bad during the regular season through week 16, it's week 17 and 18 that all of a sudden you were like, okay, this is where we are. So I, I think there's actually parallels to when the Colts brought him in as to when Washington brought him in. Yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, coming up next, a goat gets his due tonight. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm going to ask you a really hard question here, Jay Stu. Tupac or, or Biggie? And and granted, we're we're from California, so. But but it doesn't mean you can't like Biggie more. But generally, most people from California are Tupac people. Where are you? Okay, so representing the West Coast, I need to say that I like I like Tupac the story, Tupac the icon, um, better. But I like 
I like Biggie's music. And I think I told you this recently. I just recently found hip hop and I, I've been going back to the nineties and stuff. I like his music better, but Tupac's story and his, his iconic, you know, reputation I think is more interesting. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, what about you there, uh, Dan Beyer? Tupac or Biggie? Tupac all the way. Yeah, I was a big Tupac fan. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I had, a, buddy, I had a, a teammate, Estelle Laster, at Oklahoma State, transferred to TCU. Estelle was a really good dude, but he had the he had the same tattoos as Tupac on his chest and stomach. And I was really? like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's, I like Tupac. I don't know if I like Tupac that much, but I get it. I feel <laughs> yeah, you. I know. I feel you. Yeah. Ramos, yeah. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Um, yeah, I don't, I, they're both good to me. So, yeah, I don't really have, I, I'll be the one right down the middle. How's that? Steroids? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Tupac guy, but I, I will say that as, as time went on, Part of my my issue with New York rap was I would go back to New York City every summer with my with my dad and travel around and um, Tupac wasn't on the I mean, uh, Biggie wasn't on the radio. So even though I was very firmly entrenched in hip hop and rap culture in terms of all the different artists since I was probably like 12 years old or whatever, my my view of New York rap and New York hip hop was skewed based upon what was on the radio when I was back east, and it it wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't what I liked. So, as I came to discover more and more of Biggie, and then more and more, even after he died, I became a much bigger Biggie fan. Let's get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand's lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend, Joe's Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That is HustlerTurf.com. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, Byer. an extension of the conversation that you were having, and I know it may not be apropos on this day, uh, marking the 25th anniversary. However, it's funny on how your music's... Uh, tastes kind of changed throughout the years, songs that you didn't like maybe 20 years ago, you've warmed up to. Uh, the I'll Be Missing You tribute uh, with every, the sample of Every Breath You Take by Puffy yeah, is awful. Like, that song stinks. <laughs> it is not yeah. good at yeah. all. Yet, it, at the time... You're, yeah. Like it was the number one song on MTV. They're always playing it, but when you go back and you listen to it, and then you just compare. Awful. Yes, it no, is it's awful. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not it's bad at all. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I, you know, what I think it was though. It was like one of those like, how can we make a mix of something that people will listen to on pop? It was like their attempt to go pop. Really, what it was? Yeah, and it worked. Yes. There were there were there were other good songs back then that were sampled and sampling was was quite prevalent back then, but that one, looking back, did not stand the test of time. All right, where do the Colts go from here? Well, reports say they could be going down the road to where Jimmy G lives. Jimmy Garoppolo now a candidate to be uh, to be brought in by the Indianapolis Colts now that Carson Wentz is out of town. Wow. Yeah, we talked um, Adam. Kaplan told us that earlier today, right? He also said that the, the issue is going to be the shoulder. And, you know, every every surgery, oh, when he's going to be back full, ready to go. All right. All right. 100%. I mean, you're gonna have, if you're going to have Jimmy G, you better have 
at least an in-season backup plan because he is going to get hurt. Sweep the leg. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette covering the Steelers, also a great uh, golf uh, guy as well, says the Steelers are not interested in signing Deshaun Watson despite what you may be hearing or reading. That according to sources telling Jerry Dulac. It feels like they're going to draft a quarterback and um, and have him have him compete, right? Doesn't that feel like yeah, what they're going to I do? I also think, though, that you, the reason the Steelers are brought up, not only because they need a quarterback, but now you see Mike Tomlin bringing in Brian Flores and saying, all right, you know, like, hey, Brian Flores is in our building, and now you could say, hey, we got Deshaun Watson as well. Bring Deshaun Watson in. I think people draw that connection as well yeah. as, uh, you know. Reasonable. Yeah, of a connection. But uh, reports out of the Berg say Steelers fans don't expect that. Uh, talks on Major League Baseball's lockout continue between the owners and the uh, players' union. I am not super versed as some are. Bernie Fratto, host on Fox Sports Radio, knows this up and down, sideways, right and left. But sticking point right now, the international draft. Uh, the owners want one, players don't. But that could be the sticking point on why a deal doesn't get done today. Guessing the deal gets done today, right? <laughs> International draft is not something to lose the season over. <laughs> Please, there, everyone, be quiet. Right? Okay, Coach K. All right, <laughs> that was that was unacceptable. <laughs> that, today was unacceptable. Actually, that's a drop you need to have, uh, Ramos. I'm right? getting to the end of the show. Yeah, today today was unacceptable. The season I, has been acceptable. Please, everyone, be quiet. That was unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball, if they do get a deal done, could have opening day on April 6th or 7th and then play 162 games with having the canceled games be played as double headers during the season. That so, sounds enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> Seven I, inning double I'll, headers. I'm Let's just get it in, fellas. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I can't stand one game of baseball, <laughs> let alone two in one day. No. Man. No. That's, that's, like, that's like the only thing worse than track is field. The only thing worse than one baseball game is two. <laughs> oh, looking across the window at two baseball guys. Uh, no, thank you. One of my worst ever experiences at a ballpark was staying for a 19-inning Angels game. Oh, yeah, right. we stayed for the whole thing. Jesus, it was selling beer at like the seventh <laughs> inning too. Yes. Right. You like oh. sober, you like sober up. Like, who am I? And what am I doing here? <laughs> when in can those, I leave? Those games as well. You no longer have a rooting interest. No, you have you just a rooting. Over. Yes, you have a rooting interest for a run to be scored. Right, but you also you like sit there and go like, do we go? Like, oh. Like, do we get what if this thing goes twenty innings and we were the guy that left in the fourteenth inning? You I, know, it's like a really the guys that I was with, I knew were not going to leave. Like so, I was uh, just somebody, please win this game. It's over, Johnny. And somebody did at like one o'clock in the morning. Uh, Doug, an update on our Bellerman. Uh, story from yesterday. Bellerman won the Atlantic Sun, beating Jacksonville. So Jacksonville State ends up going to the NCAA tournament. It should be noted, though, Bellerman can still go to the NIT. So they could go to the NIT. They're just not allowed in the NCAAs. Uh, I, listen, I've I've read all the stuff. It like this transition period thing sounds like a, you know, sounded like a good idea, but like 
I don't know. I, I don't understand why they were playing in the tournament if they weren't eligible for that tournament. Yeah. Other than to maybe get them in the NIT, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That transfer portal's four years. That's uh, not immediate eligibility. <laughs> and finally, Doug, yep. Tiger Woods to be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame ceremonies taking place this evening in Florida. Hold on. I'm not really sure if he has the credentials. <laughs> I, yeah. Not Was unanimous. Was there a discussion like, Tiger Woods first. Do I hear a second? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and play in a while. Oh, uh, that's the. Press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I'll be hosting the herd tomorrow. You can check that out. Download the new All Ball podcast. There's uh, three parts with Steve Wojciechowski. Part two is really emotional. Got some picks out there on Bet Rivers for you. In the meantime, enjoy. It's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio.